from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Hey, Jeff! Hey, Aaron! Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is a podcast where Jeff and I talk it out, we make a character sent in from a prompt from you guys, and we roll up a tabletop character just for you. Just for you. We, we, hey, we see you. We see you out there. We see you. We see you listening. Hey, I see you out there. <laughs> I see you at the window. Don't think I don't <laughs> fucking see. Get out of here. God. Listen. Listen to me. Listen to me. I see you. I see you, man. I see what you did. I, I know. And that's okay. You can't hide this from me. I see it. We see it. We see it. We see it. We see what you did. Hey. And we know. I want you to take a long look in the mirror and just know that I see you. God damn it. <laughs> okay, wait. Wait, I got All something right. better. Wait, I got something better. I got something better. Um, so Jeff and I see you, and you know what? We forgive you. So take my hand. We're all going to hold hands. but never forget. Never forget. We will never forget, but take our hands, and we're going to take a little walk down to the smoke shack. I'm going to grab the back of your head and shove it <laughs> and make you gaze into the spiral ham. And so you can know. And only through this. You want to play this game? This is tough love right here. Gaze only into that spiral Only through this will you gain redemption. Only through this will you be made, will you be made clean. <laughs> and are you listening, 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 listening? This is the spiral ham ham talking. Gaze upon my new child. And the prompt this week that was given to us <laughs> is from... Okay. All right, do we have a prompt this We do. We do. Get us out of here. This is an epic one from Joe Pavelka sent his email. And the prompt is quite epic. So, are you fucking ready? I'm about to take you on a journey. I am super ready. The prompt is, Some say the path of pleasure is the opposite way of godhood, but that path is not a single line. It is a circle, one of many. The opposite way also leads to the same place, and thus the path of ecstasy allows us to ascend as well. And what greater ecstasy than the perfect meal? A bully passé after a wintry night at sea. A buttery and spirit-soaked dessert as a prelude and foundation to lovemaking. A perfect egg sandwich to accompany the sun's rising. Magic is a force we see in our everyday life. So I embark on this journey of discovery and invention to bend the arcane arts to my culinary will, and to be a chef to the gods themselves, indeed a god of pleasure myself. One cannot think well, love well, sleep well, if one has not dined well. From Virginia Woolf. So... That was really long. There's even more. But it's basically a magical archmage chef. Now, what's funny is there's also another prompt from uh, V. Brower, the Foxblood on Twitter, that is a chef seeking out rare ingredients. So, Aaron. Yeah. I think the spiral ham is getting too powerful. I really am starting to get nervous. Um, <laughs> I'm getting the ham sweats. But that's yeah. a result of just being in its powerful presence. The ham is throbbing right now. Can I say it that? It is pulsating. <laughs> it is pulsating. And it's emitting a dark magical... Chef, this chef is on the quest for the dark magical spiral ham. <gasps> oh, my God. This okay. is this is a villain. We're doing a villain. We're doing a villain. We're doing a villain. So this chef... Oh, wait. Hold on. Let me get that prompt up again. 
The prompt says at the end, and so I embark on a journey of discovery and invention to bend the arcane arts to my culinary will and to be a chef to the gods themselves, indeed a god of pleasure myself. This is like a very powerful wizard trying mm-hmm. to like find the dark magical spiral ham and like become a god. So All this right. is like spiral. We have like culinary Sephiroth. All right. Well, then I've got to pull up. Give me one second because I got to pull up a book. Yeah. Because we got to do some work here. Yes. I pulled up the 5th edition Dungeon Master's Guide. Oh, shit. Because we need to figure out the details, the magical powers of the spiral ham. And we need to figure out where it came from. Oh, my God. We need to figure out what it's capable of. We need to figure out who it is as a a a magical being. Ham Quest 64. We're blowing the lid off Hamgate. So, I immediately have an idea. Yeah. I immediately have a pitch. Okay. Eons ago, there was a wizard, dark and powerful, unshakably powerful and purely evil, but a, but gluttonous, filthy and gluttonous and corpulent, a god of sloth in his own right, made himself into a lich, bound his soul, Stop bound it. his soul to his, his, uh, his, um, phylactery? His, his made his phylactery, such that he could live forever as this being of dark magic bound it to the items that he most valued, which were, you know, the artifacts of carnal, earthly pleasure. Many of these objects were destroyed, but what people don't realize about this wizard was that he bound his soul to all sorts of things. The only piece that remains is a rotted hunk of ham that carries the soul of this immensely uh, powerful necromancer. Jeff, no wonder that we can use its dark magic because it's the power of like it's the power of a dark wizard. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! So, so I need you to roll me some dice to figure some stuff out. Yeah, I'm mind fucked right now that we have a fucking backstory of a stupid spiral ham. Well, the spiral ham. I mean, the spiral ham of our world is not necessarily the spiral ham of fantasy. Oh, there's two. There's spiral hands are across all worlds, and they, op- you know, the rules of magic are chaotic and unknowable. So we may not have uh, the same spiral ham as the one in fantasy. We're like, ours lets us gaze. Well, <clears throat> here's the thing, Jeff. Our spiral ham is a viewing portal into fantasy. Yes. So this is the fantasy version of the dark spiral ham. Which yes. houses the soul of a lich. Yes. Fuck. So roll me, um... I think the first thing we'll do, because it is a sentient magic item, it has the soul of this of this man. Yeah, in who, it. who wants to become a god of the culinary arts? Um, so roll me four d six. Okay. Okay. So what I need you to do is roll me four d six and drop the lowest three times. So we're gonna come up with three abilities: intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Thirteen. Right. Seventeen. Okay. 12. Okay, so we'll give it a 17 intelligence, because that's wizardly. Yo, fuck yeah. And then 13 wisdom and 12 charisma. Great. So it's powerful wizard. It is It is. It is genius. <laughs> wow. Um, roll me a D100 to figure out how it communicates. <laughs> oh, sh- oh, shit, because it's a ham! Oh my god. Um, hold on, you know this is going to take me an hour. Um, right. There it is. Four. Um, it communicates by transmitting emotion to the creature carrying or wielding it. <laughs> so, like, by holding it, you, you feel the spirit of this thing within you. 
Okay, I, get, I love this. So it needs a vessel. It needs a vessel. Oh, it's a phylact. It's a phylactery. So of course, it needs a vessel. It needs you to pick it up and like allow the wizard into your brain, such that you can channel its power. But the wizard can also channel your body. So the chef that wants to be a god is like, is someone being possessed by this spiral ham? Oh, without a doubt. Oh my god. But we'll get to that because there's also the question of did they choose to seek out the spiral ham? I'm gonna vote yes, Jeff. I think they did. I think that this is a chef. That wants to, it's the, it's Vivi's prompt. The chef that wants to yep. seek out new ingredients. And there's a legend of like a gluttonous, godlike wizard lich mm-hmm. that's, uh, that soul resides in a spiral ham somewhere. And yeah. this, this chef goes out in search of it in order to find new ingredients. But ha 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 ha, you've been tricked. It's not just mm-hmm. becoming an all powerful chef wizard. It's you are now possessed. You are yep. now, you've succumbed to the will of the ham, and yep. you're now a dark wizard chef searching for new ingredients to become a god. Roll me pronouns for this, this, the, the, the possess E. Yeah. We got two. Okay. Yeah. So he comes out, he sought out this ham. He sought yeah. out this object of power, but it's almost like venom. It's oh, symbiotic. Yeah, absolutely. It's that the two of them have become intertwined and. Neither can really be sure where the wizard starts and the chef stops. Oh, my. Now, but first, I, we have a few more dice rolls about this ham. Yeah, no, absolutely. Roll me a d4. One. All right, it has normal hearing and vision. Wait, so the ham can, like, hear and see? Yeah, it's got okay. the soul of this thing. Its consciousness has been embound in this ham, so he has some vision and hearing within the ham. But when you pick it up, it, it binds you, your spirit. I think the the bone in the spiral ham is an eye. Yeah, all right. I like that. That's, That's cool fucking, It's cool. It's like dark. It's like a beholder ham. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, okay. So we have this young chef. Right. Um, Let's name them. Let's, let's name this kid. Uh, Rick Nightshade. Wh- Kidding. <laughs> so we'll get to that one at a later date. Um, <laughs> this young chef's name is um wait i have a i have a cookbook in front of me yeah flip to a random recipe in your cookbook and just look at just pick the first ingredient that has a fancy sounding name well this is a southern cookbook so it's going to take me a few tries so we'll have to edit just pick the first thing that the first the first ingredient in the first recipe that you flip to the first ingredient that sounds like it would be an interesting name jeff i don't want to what is it his name is squash well, that's his last name. His last name is Squash. And his, nah, his first- name is Squash Cornfield. Stop it. <laughs> Squash Cornfield. Squash Cornfield. Wait. Wait. Okay. Okay. Squash Cornfield. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume that this is a halfling or is this an elf or what? I think a halfling because it's a, it's a, it's a crop. They're named, they're named after crops. They're named after a plant. Yeah. And, also, it's just like that little cute halfling pudge. It's like, this is a gourmand. Yeah, yeah right. Halflings love cooking. Okay. I'm like, okay, so I'm into this. So, squash cornfield, Jesus Christ, um, squash, 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 has cornfield. been unfortunately possessed. So, squash cornfield has had the uh, life goal of being like the ultimate chef, searching out new and rare ingredients and just being the next big thing in the culinary world. But I think magically... 
Because yeah, right, let's, right. let's say that cooking here is done with magic. Halfling cooking is magic. Let's talk about let's talk about cooking for a minute because I yeah. think it's in, I'm, that's something that I'm interested in. Is like because yeah, magic definitely influences cooking, right? Absolutely, of course. Because I mean, first of all, you don't need like stoves and shit if you're fire. So let's say that all chefs, like all cooks, you you require a certain level of magic. Yeah, because right. it is just cooking is just science at the end of the it day. Is. So let's steer away from alchemical and let's just go to like, this is just pure magic. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's that like, I, I think it's not necessarily all cooking, but what I think is interesting is that there is a, a trendy cooking movement that is magical. Yeah. I mean, we, we've been hinting at this for ages, Jeff. Um, Eliza and Callahan and all that, we had plant magic, like making crops mm-hmm. bigger for halflings. So like this idea has been everywhere. Yeah. The idea of using food and food and magic have gone together for eons. Right. I think that it's, it's, it's equatable in the real world to like the, uh, like the gastro science oh, movement. Oh, micro gastronomy. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like micro gastronomy where there's wizards being like, okay, great, cool. I know how to like cook ribs, but what if I did this magical thing? And so it's like induction cooking. It's all of those different trends are just like represented with magic. Yeah. Like what if I cooked instead of like a pressure cooker, it's like, I'm going to put this, uh, gonna put this pork loin inside a crystal and then i'm mm-hmm. gonna make the crystal vibrate at a certain frequency and the pork loin's gonna come out absolutely perfect or it's like um it's like i've got this wine i'm going to lock it in a pocket dimension for a hundred years but it will only pass in about three days so in three days we will have this hundred year aged wine Ooh. i can't promise what it'll taste like that means that uh Squash and this dark necromancer have like this is a perfect I think this is a perfect this is a good symbiotic relationship. Oh yeah. This is like you've I think the the vast wellspring of knowledge from this uh wizard who's been who back in their back in his prime was like almost like a god, you know, of cooking and of gluttony. Or is the is the okay, so is the wizard back in the day just someone who's eaten a fuck ton of food? Like, you said they were just a glutton, like, you yeah. know, it was just someone who scoured the world trying to eat all the best foods. I think they were just, like, a corrupt lord. Mm. They were just, they were, they they ruled over their, their castle or what have you. Yeah. And in doing so, like, their magic was not tied to food, but it was sort of just, I've got, I've got the power, so I am going to consume, I'm going to use my wealth and just eat. I and people are going to bring this. me things, and they're just, they were just abusing their powers as, like, a rich motherfucker. And so I think this, uh, this meeting of, like, corrupt asshole billionaire with, like, humble cook just trying to, like, make a name for himself is going to, like, make either, it's like the perfect storm happening right now. I've got, I've, I've got a proposal for you. Hit me. I don't think that this chef is humble. Ooh. I think that this chef is an asshole. Oh, I, I like think, this. So what I think it is, because it is, um, the, the, the prompt that we got is fantastic. It's beautiful. It is wonderful. But to say that you aspire to literally be a god is the height of ego. And so I think that this person is like dangerously ambitious and single minded in their pursuit. I do like this. Ooh, so this is a cocky asshole. I mean, all right. Yeah. L- let's say that, and let's translate that then to that prompt 
you know, that long, long prompt right. about like using the culinary arts and like, what is gourmet? That apply. That's how both of them think. It yeah, just yeah, applies yeah. to different fields. That's why it makes sort of like a Venom character because they both have the exact same mindset. And now the chef has just been magical power, just been like yeah. tripled. And I think the other part of it is that like, yeah, they both kind of hate each other because they're not the dominant party in their uh oh, shit. mental relationship. But they both respect each other because they're both after the same thing. So it's like, I hate you, but I will work with you. So how does Squash go about getting this? Like, what is what is the quest? What is the obstacle keeping uh, keeping Squash Cornfield from getting what he wants, being uh, a culinary god slash like like power again? Because now that the the lich is within him, it, it's kind of both like a right. tyrant, a tyrant of the culinary industry, and just a tyrant in general. What is what is the quest? Searching out rare ingredients. Yeah, well, I think it's that, and I think it's also, like, crushing the competition. Ooh. It's it's similar to, um, what was his name, Curd? Curd Stonebottom? Yeah, it's similar to Curd Stonebottom, about how, like, he simply, mm, yeah, that's, I, I got it, yeah. So, this is a young man who was aggressively, violently dangerously like i am the greatest chef that there has ever been i understand food in a way that people don't yes i don't respect people that don't understand food in the way that i do and i am going to show them whether they want to be shown or not what food can be Ooh, jeff i think that this th what we're describing is like a big bad villain oh for sure what i'm thinking now is that this motherfucker is like trying to dominate the culinary landscape, but like with force. Like you I've, can only mm. eat the foods that I've cooked. Like knocks out the competition in terms of like, I don't like cooking with corn, torches a cornfield with this new magical power type thing. Like I'm talking like a supervillain. Yes. And here's a really interesting thing about that. Are is he doing it that is he is he approaching it violently and with force because he wants to? Or is he doing it because the voice in his head, the voice in the ham that is giving him this immense magical power is saying, well, you need to raise an army. Yeah, of course. If it's a split of both, like we said, right. there has to be some say from the ham. Because I think what's happening is we have this person that's like completely hockey and arrogant and obsessed with being the best chef. Yes. They find this ham that has this magical power from this person that was defined by gluttony and consumption and feasting. Mm -hmm. they, they, they do all of that. But the thing that they don't piece together is that this person was also a violent, aggressive, like, lord of people. It was like was like a corrupt shithead nobleman who has, like, in his, con like, they formed this pact without without the chef fully realizing... What is happening? Yeah. And so he's gaining this power that is making him a better chef and making him crush his competition. But in doing so, the ham, the lich, is able to be like, is able to exert his will over the situation and be like, yeah, you should raise an army. You should crush them. I have a really wild idea after Go for it. what you just said. Okay. So go with me on this. Yeah. Because, uh, okay. So with that being said. This is one half culinary genius. Yeah. In search of fame, 
the most delicious, rare ingredients to become the ultimate gourmand. The mm-hmm. other one just likes consumption and power and destruction. Mm-hmm. Chef, this halfling is so corrupted by dark magic that their form is twisted and mangled by dark energies, and they become the ultimate symbol of gluttony and consumption All right. and power. Jeff, this motherfucker becomes Lemony Locust. Oh, shit. And they want the most rare, delicious ingredients being the magical vegetables and fruits and crops of the most fertile area of fantasy, mm-hmm. Purethra Guild. Well, that's that's where squash comes from. Yes. Squash is a halfling, so that yes. squash, squash finally achieves what he ultimately wants. Yes. And I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring my sense of taste back to where I came from, and I'm going to force them to acknowledge it. Yes. And if not, the other, the other half is totally satisfied. I have power. I have an army. I have people bringing me food again, pouring Mm -hmm. tons of food, the most gluttonous monster in power, raised an army. Chef, Mm -hmm. fucking squash cornfield just twisted by the dark powers of a spiral ham and the phylactery of a lich Mm -hmm. has formed in this venom symbiotic mutated twisted form has become a giant locust with Mm -hmm. with all powerful magics yeah holy shit that's cool as shit we figured out the history of lemony locust i'm like bouncing in my chair that's fucking wild that's amazing like and that's like so yeah and it's like god that's it's it's horrifying too because i don't think it's i don't think it's a quick process no oh no 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 because we said that the, the cricket the the locust whatever just kind of appears in Purethra yeah. guild so i think this is a long time coming because i think there was uh okay let's talk about how this happened then how yeah. did how did this person become a fucking hundred story grasshopper of doom you know I what think I mean? it is, yeah, I think it is some real, like, David Cronenberg body horror shit of, like, yeah. they use this magic, right? They yes. find this ingredients, they cre- they use- they channel this this evil, vile, sickly, old magic. Yeah. They channel this into this, into whatever they're doing, this dish. Yeah. But in doing so, like, the magic itself warps them. Yes. They'll make a dish, and by the end of it, suddenly their hands are- chitness and insect-like and they're like oh. well this is fucking horrifying but you have to keep going it's like right. the the pursuit of the pursuit of culinary perfection is too great this is a tragic story actually oh it's horrible it's it's horribly upsetting it's how far would you go to achieve your goal yeah it's also very it, there's a poetry there yeah because there's this idea that that squash cornfield said i want to be a god yes i want to be the god of pleasure and Ultimately, tragically, like the saddest thing of all, he got what he wanted. Yeah, but is a horrible monster. Yeah, he became a god. The the people worship him, but he had to give up his existence. Yeah, and the the goal of being a gourmand is kind of to like, and, and to be a cook is for other people to enjoy your creations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Had to sacrifice that. So there's definitely a moment where the two minds met in the middle. Yeah. And the lich started to take over and the, the the goal changed from I want to give other people this culinary experience to 
I want this culinary experience. Yes, because that is the tragedy of it, is I'm seeing, like, opens a pop-up restaurant, you know what I mean, right. in the early days, has this, and everyone's like, God, what is your secret squash? Your food is unbelievable. This is unreal. You're changing the culinary game and, like, gaining popularity and gaining accolades, but can't tell anyone that the secret is, like, this dark, corrupting magic and this yeah, voice in your right. head being, like, I think with every dish, with every use of the ham's power – uh, the, the lich gains more control over squash. Mm -hmm. So it's that, it's that dangerous line that he was walking of like, I need, I need more. I need, mm -hmm. I, I need, I need more accolades. I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not the culinary. I'm not, I haven't reached my culinary goals yet. Yeah. But I have to sacrifice my, basically who I am and my humanity to get it and yep. keeps going and keeps giving up more of himself. In exchange for this power until ultimately it's just a humanoid grasshopper monster that's like small at first. I mean, what what is the – yeah, what is the transition from – Yeah, medium to large, we'll say. I think that's when the Lich doesn't take over, mm -hmm. but the two stop seeing themselves as two beings. And they both kind of forget who they were before, and they both kind of forget who wanted what. So it's now you're this horrifying, like, bloated, gluttonous insect thing. And you're shunned from society. I feel so bad for creating this. Uh, so I think there's this moment, there's the moment where they both sort of lose their identity and just become the locust thing, right? Yeah, yeah, And they absolutely. lose the idea of, I want to make food for people or I want to gain power. And it becomes rare ingredients, power, want, eat. And so it just, that's, that's the moment when it stops being, I want to make food for other people or I want to control people. And it's just, I want to eat things. I want to eat rare food. That's when it stops being about other people and starts being about himself. All right. Now that that's established, let's set up how they kind of got like, how did they get under Purethra Guild? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there, did they tunnel? Is this like a, uh, they secluded themselves to like the underground tunnels underneath Purethra Guild type deal? Like, what is this? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that'll decide, like, how the course of this beast, uh, when once they've become Limini in the right. middle phase, like, where did this life before emerging underneath Purethra Guild, like, what happened? Is it just, like, a life of seclusion, or is it just, like, uh, were they in a stockpile of foods? Oh, I got, yeah, of course. When it goes into its primal state, when uh, Squash and the Lich have become one, and it's just now Limini. Limini, I think, was just gathering rare ingredients and hoarding them underground in, like, this nest. Underneath Pyrethra Guild was just this beast that would emerge, grab mm -hmm. rare ingredients, grab items, grab just mass, grabbing mm -hmm. anything it can, living, dead, plants, anything, yeah. and just... Adding to this nest, this horde, this dragon's horde of food mm -hmm. and just eating and growing and sleeping and just waiting until finally the point yeah. of readiness where it just smashes through Purethergill because it wasn't enough. The, uh, the ritual of leaving in the night and going out to the surface and like snatching food and pulling it down beneath the, beneath the ground to its tunnel, it wasn't enough. So it was just time for power. It was time to just conquer. I've got something. That was so messy, by the way, how I explained No, I loved that. it. Like, that was good, but I've got something. I've got something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what happens is, at first, there is this ritual, right? It goes out at night. It gathers up these ingredients. It drags them back, and it devours them. Like, at, at first, it was very conscious. It was very, 
premeditated. It was serial killer-esque. Yes. It was like, I'm going to sneak out. I'm going to come here. I'm going to snatch this ingredient and go back and eat. Then it got a little bit less so. Then it became, I need to eat. I need to go grab X, Y, and Z and eat. And it became more of a chaotic thing. Then it just became, I'm powerful enough that I can bring food to me. Ooh. Then it, and, and from there, it was just consumption and eating and food and ple- the pleasure of eating was simply the only thing on its mind. And so I then it just this. starts bringing in food. So I think when it, pu- when it, when it punches through and emerges in Purethra Guild, it does not do so consciously. I think Ooh. by the time it does that, by the time it does that, it is simply a being of magical power and consumption. And it's simply these feeding rich, like the feeding ritual, the, the urge to feed simply, it simply like, I'm picturing by the end of it, when it starts to get real big, is it's just sucking things in and it's just, cons- you know, it's just, it's a vacuum, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think when it finally emerges, it just literally ripped the earth from around it. And sort of, like, vaulted it up that way. I fucking love this. And what I'm going to take from that as well, Jeff, is this being of, you said, like, magical energy. Mm -hmm. I think the source of, like, shit and corruption in Purethra Guild is just the essence of this beast, lich, god, under, like, consumption god and greed underneath the earth affecting everything around it. Well, because I'm going to go way back, because I got something real good here. Go on! The ham, the lich's phylactery feeds your like feet communicates by feeding you emotions so it is so powerful now and it has lost any sense of who it was in its old life so now it is just this wave this citywide this countrywide wave of like greed and hunger and corruption and distrust and Vi- and and but the other thing the the the, the tragic part this the worst part the even more upsetting part is that it's not just greed and consumption and want it's also ambition and selfishness and the the feeling that you are the best that you are the best at what you do and you cannot be and and no one else can be trusted so it is the worst of the lich sure but the tragedy is that it is also feeding out the worst of Squash Cornfield, that unchecked ego. I am obsessed with this. That means when Mysteria smashed Lemony Locust, um, it just re- it destroyed the spiral ham. And that's mm-hmm. why, oh my god. Now there's, a, there's an even more fascinating and interesting thing here. Okay. Think about all of these things. Yeah. Think about greed and want and entitlement and ego. And thinking you're the best. Think about all of that. The tragedy of Samuel Gord. Think of all of that feeding into a young man. Oh. So the question then becomes, who was Samuel Gord before all of this? Uh, I'm like, I'm mind fucked. Oh my goodness, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, Purethra, so yeah, Purethra Guild is consumed. I mean, it is a wash in a tidal wave of ego and id. Oh and it God. And it becomes Grasshopper City. And no one is spared. No. Holy shit. I, I can't even talk. I'm like, uh, and that's a wrap on that episode? That feels like a wrap. Yeah. Um, wow. That went some cool places. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. So now next time, I mean, eventually, I don't want to say next time, but we're going to have to go now that we know that the reason Samuel Gord sucks and like Chad Butternut is the way he is. 
Mm-hmm. And like some people, I think humans are able to resist. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe. The, maybe. Like what made Mysteria then be able to rise against the tide? Well, here's, and I was, th- I, this kind of popped into my head. And here's a real difficult question. Yeah. Why did Mysteria think that she was the one to be able to stop this? I don't know. It adds a real kind of tragic undertone to even that because like, Think about the thought of think about the thought process of I'm going to kill that god. I'm going to run for president. I'm going to run for president and I'm going to destroy this being, this colossal bug creature that rules over our every our every waking moment. I'm going to be the one to destroy it because I'm the one that's powerful enough to stop this thing. Because I am the one to stop it because I want revenge. All of this, it's just a city that's Completely consumed with ego while in the presence of the dark spiral ham underneath of it. Yeah. Until it's killed. Oh my, then that's why, that's why fucking after post Lemony Grasshopper City is such a disaster. No one knows what to think. Well, and it's that I don't imagine that magic goes away. No, it was like, it's, I'm thinking like some sort of, uh, like leftover radiation type thing, like the after effects. Yeah. Cause like the horrifying thing of that is that. If, if that voice is in your head for so long, if that cloud of entitlement and greed and consumption and unchecked ambition is in your head for so long, is it even possible to figure out who you were before that? Oh my god. That's deep. And Justice Judicator freed the cycle? Like, how did, how was the cycle broken? Was it magically broken? Uh, I think it's, I think, well, I mean, Justice Judicator's magic is, comes from themselves, right? Like, it yeah. comes from their own, it comes mm. from their own belief in their own existence and in their belief in a future without this. So, yeah. like, yeah, it is magically broken, but it's magically broken because somebody believed in their own righteousness, the righteousness of their cause enough. Wow. To to shat to to disperse the last of this cloud. To finally like wash away the dark magical ham energy. And it also it context it further contextualizes that punk movement that comes out of like Grasshopper City, right? What? Because like there because they're this there's this there's this monolithic thing. There's this authority that like we can't shake. After the idol is removed, the ideology is left behind. Mm-hmm. And so there's always oh my god, you're so right. Oh my god, Jeff. This is just, this is a deep dive on Pyrethrogil that is, it has made this all so much more clear. Mm-hmm. Until truth is built by Justice Judicator, like bringing just a new light into the, shining a light onto the city and clearing away the sins of the old, mm-hmm. the plague of ego. And that's the only time that they've ever made like genuine progress as a city. Mm-hmm. Like together, unified under the Knights of Justice. Holy mm-hmm, shit! Mm-hmm. That's Damn. so dope. Um, okay. I think that's a wrap. I yeah. Oh my god. A lot of questions coming out of this one that we'll get into as time goes on. But like, yes. Um. Wow. Okay. Wow. Thank you, first of all, to first prompt Joe Pavelka for your epic email that was prompt. wild it was fucking went some places and of course uh vivi for sending your second prompt oh my mm-hmm. god um and if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for us to go on some deep lore shit uh, there's a lot of ways you can do that there sure are you can tweet at us at amfc underscore podcast you can also use the hashtag fantasy children you can email us as Joe Pavelka did at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. That's great for if you have a longer prompt and something you want to get into a little more detail about. Exactly. 
Uh, you can also post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. And while you're at it, come on, jump into our Discord, and we'll talk yeah. about lore and stuff. Uh, our link is on our Twitter, pinned. Yes. You can jump hop onto on our in. Discord channel and chat with us on there. Yeah. Um, um, if you really enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review or just giving us a shout out on social media. Yeah. Those help the show grow and do bigger and better things. Yeah. And if you believe in our little baby podcast and want to see it do bigger and even better things, consider supporting our Patreon at yes. patreon.com slash allmyfantasychildren. There's fun reward tiers and it's just letting us know that you believe in this project and that you think it's, you know, worthy of your support. Yeah. Um, a verbal hug this week. I got one. Hit me. You can be the best at what you do. You can truly feel that you're the best at what you can do. But to believe that for selfish reasons is to consume. And I think the purest, I think the way to break the cycle of the locust is by sharing, is by sharing your gifts with the people around you. Squash would have never become a locust had he stayed true to sharing art with the people that he cares about. And, like, doing things selfishly is a road to locusts, is the road of the locust. Take care of each other, support each other, share with each other, and we can all get out of Grasshopper City alive. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, um, as I'm, like, nervous, I'm Jeff's, like, the substitute teacher with his foot up on the desk, and I'm gonna be like, and also, that, that guy has another podcast. Oh, right. I forgot I have another podcast. Um, yeah, I also have another podcast. Um, it's called Party of One. It is an actual play about two-player role-playing games. This week we played a game called Don't Rest Your Head, which is a very cool game. It's kind of Dark City-ish. It's really neat. It's about like a weird city that you go into when you're in, when you have insomnia. What? And it's like weird and surreal and, you know, it's cool. It's a little bit Inception, a little bit Dark City. It's kind of neat. You can check it out. Yeah, definitely do that. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a fun one. It's a good episode. So until next time, good night and good good game. game.